The Lord be with you. <laughs> A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. <clears throat> As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. I suppose that there are many of us here who have had the experience of coming into a unique relationship with God. When our intellects and our wills and our emotions suddenly became very intense, it was an awareness of God that we hadn't had before. We may have said that we never felt quite so alive. felt as though we could do anything. We saw things differently. The world seemed different. And then it passed. may have been there for a day, week, month, but it passed. And we went back to what we call real life, normal living, the ordinary. That moment may have remained with us in our thoughts. We may have forgotten it. Or at least we don't think about it very often. Today's gospel is like that. <clears throat> the transfiguration. We have this gospel always on the second Sunday of Lent. Our Lord, in his human nature, was strengthened when the Holy Spirit came down upon him at his baptism. <clears throat> he was strengthened in his battle with the demonic, with Satan, through temptation, by overcoming it all. 
He is now, in his human nature, strengthened for whatever storm may come against him, whatever his enemies may have planned. And he knows what that is. He's ready, but the disciples are not. They think they are. They profess their faith in him, their love for him, their friendship, but he knows them. He knows them better than they know themselves. In fact, he alone knows them. So now he's going to strengthen them for what's to come. He takes three of them, as always, Peter, James, and John. Peter, who will be the head of the church, James, the first martyr, John, who will live the longest. Up to a high mountain. You may have seen it, I never have. I'm told it's a very high mountain. You can see the whole countryside from the top of Mount Tabor. And a mountain is always a place where God appears in Scripture. And he's changed. The word in Scripture is transfigured. We are told his face shone like the sun, his clothes became white as light. Almost blinded by his appearance. There was such a glow. Although I'm, I'm certain that's the way the Lord would have always looked if he hadn't restrained himself. You can't put divinity inside of humanity without something happening. Our Lord restrained himself. But now they see him as he really is. You can't put a candle inside of an alabaster jar without the jar brightening. So our Lord now becomes something very different. They're overwhelmed by what they see. They probably never felt so alive as they did at that moment. Everything seemed different. Everything seemed clearer. And then two men appear, and they recognize them. Moses and Elijah. They both come. Moses the law, Elijah the prophets. And they're speaking about our Lord's death. They're speaking about what he has come to do. The fulfillment of the law, the fulfillment of the prophets. And the apostles are meant to see this and to understand this. So that they will understand what's going to happen. They will understand redemption. They will understand his passion. But Peter has other ideas. Peter is like all the rest of them. I'd be excited too, wouldn't you? Imagine seeing such a thing. Peter wants to suggest something to our Lord. He's always doing that. We don't suggest things to God. We may ask him for things, but we don't suggest what God ought to do. Uh, But Peter does. He knows what he'd like to have happen, and I think we'd probably agree with him. He wants to stay. Who wouldn't with such a vision? Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will set up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Let us remain here and enjoy this for as long as we can. But then comes the cloud. And the cloud, of course, in Scripture means that God is going to come. A cloud descended on Moses and on Elijah. God is going to speak. And so they are, they are terrified. But what does, our, what does the voice say? God says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. In other words, be silent. Don't speak. You are here to to observe, to listen, 
to learn, not to instruct. And then they fall prostrate and everything ends. All of a sudden, the ground is there again. The air is normal. And they hear the voice they know so well saying, Rise and do not be afraid. Our Lord's voice. How often does he say that? Do not be afraid. And there's just Jesus alone. The vision is gone. They must now go down the mountain into the world to do what needs to be done. Our Lord must proclaim the kingdom of God, heal the sick, raise the dead. Then they will climb another mountain, Calvary. But they won't want to stay there. In fact, none of you will be there, except by tradition one. You will be all hiding out of fear. You won't want to stay on that mountain with me. And so they come down from the mountain. They don't come down alone. He's with them. There's no bright light anymore, no transfiguration, only Jesus himself. The beauty of that moment is gone. They must go on with their lives. But they are supposed to remember. They won't. They'll forget, as perhaps we do. But here we are today. We have come to the mountain. We are on the mountain with the Lord. That's what the Eucharist is. We come here. where The Lord will reveal himself, and we will see him as he is, but through the eyes of faith. I believe... <clears throat> That here again the Lord restrains himself. The words of consecration, I believe otherwise the whole room would be filled with a blinding light as it was in the transfiguration for the apostles. We would see everything different. You'd see everything clearly. We might see everything else would seem insignificant. Or rather, everything else would take on its real significance. We'd see the real world finally as it really is because of the Lord's vision. But the Lord restrains himself. But we know through faith that he is here. But we too have to leave, don't we? We have to go out from here. We have to go out into the world in which we live, whatever that might mean. Whatever that means by way of joys or sufferings, but we have to go there, as did the apostles. We go there with a new strength, a strength that they would only have later on. We go there with the strength of the Lord himself. He reveals himself to us. The good news is, though, that like the apostles, When we come down from this mountain, we aren't going alone. They didn't either. We are not going alone. We're going out into the world, but he's coming down the mountain with us. He's going out there as well. So first we have come here. Come here to rejoice in what the Lord has done. To bask in his beauty for a few moments. To receive him, even. To receive that beauty into ourselves. And then the world will know. Remember when Moses came out of the tent, his face shone. There'll be something different about us too. The world will then see something it hasn't seen before. Because we have not come down this mountain alone. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the cross of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs of Jesus Christ risen from the dead, especially the church suffering, the church in our own country, 
we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they may realize Jesus Christ come, accept his church and his gospel, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, the lonely, the frustrated, and the confused, that they may realize that they are united to Christ in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. For greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations of priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will be visible signs of Jesus Christ present in our world, for a greater reverence for the witness of marriage in the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our administrator, our bishop, whomever he may be, our priests, deacons, seminarians, and the American hierarchy, that after they have been with the Lord themselves, they may be visible signs of him to our world. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died on the battlefield, all victims of violence, war, and civil distress, we pray to the Lord. The eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that we will be transformed and transfigured by the Eucharist we receive. The world may know Jesus Christ through us. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of Sorrows as we sing. Mm-hmm. 